With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, to his left foot. Brilliant. Oh, it's a Thanks for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, In That Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number, ITN 104. Kevin, what title are we going with? Slop, Tots and Two Smoking Cup Titles. Well, <laughs> Do you like that, Tim? That was hilarious. <laughs> That's the reaction right, that we wanted. That's right, probably my favourite one I've seen <laughs> or I've, I've heard it's, because it's so unique, you know. Wait till you see the artwork. Ray was worried nobody would get it. No, I got it. That was awesome. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, today, we have two games to chat through. Two cup games, as the title suggests. Uh, firstly, our third round tie against Shrewsbury Town, and then Saturday's fourth round tie against Arsenal. And with Arsenal fresh in the memory, we should have no problem previewing our return to league action against Arsenal on Tuesday night. And not only that, we should also give our thoughts for our game against Aston Villa next Saturday. 
to help me break everything down this week, we have the usual suspects, the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton and Tim Bizantz. Firstly, Kevin, how are you this week? Um, I'm a little worse for wear. Um, I haven't said that in a while, but I, I genuinely am. Um, overdid it a little bit last night. You wimp. <laughs> yeah, should never touch vodka. I always say that. But yeah. mm, I never do. It's a, it's a good idea. Mm. But it's, it's very warm here, very warm. Um, so minus two, I think. Oh, that's that's a bit parky, yeah. It's better than minus twenty-five. Yeah, yeah, but it's still pretty cold, mate. Nah, it's fine. Mm. I could live in that, I suppose. But yeah. Um, but other than the the, the, the drunkenness and the, uh, the 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 chilling temperatures, how are you? Yeah, fine. Yeah, back to work. Um, so January is normally a slow start, so it's good to to break me in. And I've got time to watch the ridiculous number of football games that are going to be happening over the next few weeks. Mm, that's a good thing. Um, and Tim, how are you this week? Getting closer to that move. How was everything going? Uh, yeah, so we closed on the house on Thursday. Everything went well uh, so far uh, this weekend. So we've taken a lot of time. We've packed up probably the half of our place right now and moved over about a third of it. Uh, we're getting floors redone throughout the entire house except for the kitchen area. So yeah. we're prepping, prepping for that along with a bunch of other maintenance stuff. We'll, we'll officially move in on the 15th. And we're learning a lot along the way about home ownership, uh, just a few diff- different things here and there. But uh, my wife and I had a discussion for about 90 minutes on light switches and uh, plugs and just basically the differences <laughs> between the two, the types and colors that are best fitting for the place, how many we need, where do we, you know, what do we need to d- get it done with and, uh, you know, just type of, you know, type of insulation work of what we feel comfortable with and what we don't feel comfortable, you know, when it comes to electrical and that was 90 minutes and multiple trips to Home Depot, which is the <laughs> superstore for, um, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, our, it's, um, like it's like being Q for us. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Or Obi for us. Um, yeah, I, I must say, I'm incredibly envious of your rock and roll lifestyle, Tim. <laughs> rock and rock and roll. Please, uh, <laughs> please elaborate what you mean by that. Oh, just big pimping down at uh, Home Depot. That, 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 that's a that's a lifestyle. Big pimping <laughs> down at Home Depot. Good to know. I I don't think it's ever ever been. Wor- that's a it's what we like to call a brand new sentence. <laughs> because it has never in the history of the world been talked about that you are big pimping by going down to Home Depot. That is Kevin for you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They should. Is, they should come to me for their new marketing slogans. <laughs> Excellent news. Good. Yeah. Congratulations on the move, Tim. It's um. Thank you. Really pleased for you. Yeah. Thank you. No, it's, thanks, uh, thanks. I hate adul- I hate adulting, but it's 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 fun sometimes. Uh, Tim, do you have a teaser this week? All right. So, would you rather have to drive around in a Yugo for a year, or yes. be spanked, or be spanked every morning by Boris Johnson once before you have to go to work every day for a year? I'll take the Yugo. I'm, I mean, Ray knows that I've, I've bought some ridiculous cars in the past, so yeah, it wouldn't be wouldn't be uh, out of the ordinary. I, I really like the one car that I really want to get is uh, Vaz thirty one ten. It's uh, vulgar. Uh, there's like a big, I don't know if you can, it's like something that looks like it was made in America in the 70s. Like, you know, the big sort of boxy saloon cars. Um, 
but actually was made well into the 90s. Um, so maybe maybe this is a bad one then? <laughs> I'd probably take the Ugo as well. I mean, yeah. Yeah, can you still can you still buy them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I think I would, yeah. Yeah, as long I mean, it's going to suck when it comes to the maintenance, but getting spanked every morning by Boris Johnson does not sound uh like a good time. No. No, definitely not. Well, our country, uh, yeah. our country's getting spanked every bloody morning by him anyway, so. <laughs> um, right, okay, we'll go into the ITN news then, chaps. This is ITN in that number news. The first bit of news, uh, kit manufacturer from next season. Uh, Danish sportswear Hummel are back, or Hummel. Uh, they made some iconic kits of ours from 1987 to 1991. They will design and develop our match, training, travel, and a retail range from July. Uh, you guys happy about this? Ecstatic. Okay. Uh, I guess the one thing though, the, with, with Hummel, the, those kits that we had in, where they had the extremely tight pinstripes on the right half of the chest and then it was red. I, I'm gonna take an unpopular opinion and say those things are absolutely hideous. So, uh, I am, as long as they don't do that, uh, and they take a look at and see what the care they've provided, we'll use the example of Everton. Yeah, you look uh, at Everton's kit. It, it's, if, it's kind of like modern, but it does have that retro feel about it too yeah totally totally fine as long as they don't produce that kit i'm totally okay with it i liked having under armor being as the only uh well it's an american company but then also uh being the only one in the premier league to have it whereas hummel has that little bit of a hipster vibe to it where it's not quite the big one it's not the nike it's not adidas but you can have that you know unique flavor go i'm cool with it so uh it could be a lot worse it could have been like you said, Puma. <laughs> let's not. Let's just not. Oh, that's Puma's all right. I thought Puma. Ah, no, I don't want Puma. I don't I've want done Puma. some good stuff. I, I mean, I quite, I quite like Hummel. I quite like Puma. Yeah, as long as it's not like Umbro or something boring. Or, or, yeah. I, I love the Umbro kits. New Balance. Well, New Balance is fine too. Yeah, they actually New... make some great. New Balance has made some great kits for Liverpool. I wouldn't go great because it's Liverpool, but yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um. Right, and I, I, I don't, I don't want to keep talking about the Danny Ings situation because we've been discussing this in, in some way since November, I think. Um, but I feel we need to because of the Martin Simmons interview yesterday, um, and the fact that social media has blown up this week. I mean, everyone seems to have an opinion on it, whether it's about money or release clauses or Champions League football, whatever you believe is fine. But Martin Simmons had an interview on Radio Solent on Saturday afternoon. Check it out if you wish. Um, but the crux of that regarding Danny Ings, and I'm going to paraphrase, but um, he's happy here. Money is not the issue. He does not wish to discuss his future contract. He has caused no friction between him and Ralph. He's not put any pressure on the club in terms of finances. And his contract is up in 18 months, and he will remain with us during that time. There is no issue what do you guys make of that? I mean, it's reassuring, isn't it? I mean, there's not much new um, in what he said, is there? I mean, we know that the talks were ongoing. Um, Danny's happy. And, yeah, that that money not being the issue, kind of repeated that. But he's not the only one to have said that, so I would have to trust him on that one. Um, yeah, he said he just wants... Danny wants to focus on playing and scoring. But, I mean, still, 
bubbling away in the background is going to be this issue until it's resolved. But I mean, I, I like that attitude that we'd rather keep them here for the 18 months and lose the transfer fee um, than see him go to a big club. Like, I mean, you think that with the current financial situation, that's not something that's realistic. But I mean, I like that that's the stance that they're taking. It's bold, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's a good way to do the business, I suppose. And wish, in a way, I wish more clubs would do it like that. But it does make me nervous. So in American sports, there's often times where players will say that they'll be happy to negotiate while they're out of the season, where if they're currently in season, they don't want to be distracted by the issue. So my interpretation of this is he is working a little bit behind the scenes to figure things out, but the summertime will be the ultimate time is when they're going to understand or come to a conclusion for it, which I'm totally okay with because then at the 12, it's going to be the one year mark, uh, before his contract's up and we're going to have pretty much a definitive answer at that point. Seeing that he'll be able to say we are able to meet the finances or whatever it might be. I've also heard them talking about a release clause in there based on a certain level, which the club is generally reluctant to do. Um, but if that's a part of the consideration, then I believe they will be able to find into uh, find a happy medium ground and continue on. I just feel it won't be done until the summertime because then if, say if it does go wrong. We'll know if we have a year, and at that point, I think they would sell because they would rather get the money uh, for him, say, if it's 30 million pounds or whatever it might be, which could be a fairly realistic number um, for somebody, say, I'll just say Lester, for example, 30 million pounds. Even um, with the one year left on the deal for a guy who's 29, uh, it could be a lot worse. It's terrible for us, but we'd have to find, and we'd have to find a replacement. And probably paying twenty to twenty-five million dollars or million pounds—that is. Um, but just seeing it all, I wish. I think it's going to work out for the best. Well, it's exactly the same situation as the as Hoiberg, really. I was it? just about to say, Kev, because he was he was hushed up about it. I mean, when they, I, I went to one of those mm. fan forums and they asked um, Hoiberg then, like, "Are you going to sign a new contract?" And he just laughed it off and said, "Like, I'm concentrating on this season. I don't want to think about my contract." He knew. He knew that he wanted to go, but he didn't want to say this yet. Danny's happy at Saints, yes, but he wants to keep his options open also, and he doesn't want to talk about it yet. He's just putting it on the back burner. And then, obviously, you can see how Saints do in the rest, for the rest of the season. And if Saints do somehow manage to get into Europe, that would sway him. I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah, I mean, did you see in Ralph's press conference after the Sarusby match that he was asked again about um, Ings and saying, well, if he wants to play Champions League football... Uh, he just has to score 10, 10 or 15 more goals and then we can. It's not impossible to, to get into the Champions League. Yeah, it's on you. I mean, it's kind of, it, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a joke, but I mean, really, he's right. It's not impossible. And if he is a Saints fan at heart, surely he wants nothing more than seeing Southampton in the Champions League. Yeah, but I mean, as you say, he's 29 in July. He's got one more massive payday in his career. You can't blame him, really, for wanting to try and play Champions League football. It's just the way it is. It's the ultimate pinnacle for a for a footballer, isn't it? I'm representing your country. Yeah, which he's done. I think the only realistic op- option for him is if he'd, he'd go to Leicester at this point, and if they're willing, if they're willing to get him, pairing him with Vardy, he could be a rotation option for Vardy, or they can play him, play him up top, so they can do more of a they can have a two man group up top uh, in terms of rotating with around whether it be Mark Albrighton or whomever they've got on the wings over there, Harvey Barnes, stuff like that. 
I think though that he's going to want to stay in Winchester. He's going to love it, and I think that he will ultimately take the um, he'll 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 take the offer, and it'll work out well. Um, but yes, yeah, so going back with Hoiberg though, I think it, and for Ings, them not talking about the contract is in diffusing this situation is better for the club and the interest of the player too. So it's a win-win for both, no matter what the outcome is. Yeah. Yep. I don't understand what his destination club's supposed to be. Apparently Spurs are interested. Jose is keeping quiet, which is maybe a sign that there's some truth in it. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't see Ings can as a rotation option at Leicester. Or well, can Spurs. you not see Ings as, um, if there's some way that Jose can play Son, Kane and Ings in the same starting eleven? Do you not think that would be worth worth giving it a go? Are they not two similar players though? Possibly, yeah. He wants to be the main man, doesn't he? I think maybe I think City would be a logical destination. Um, yeah, totally for agree. For Guerrero, um, he needs to be replaced. Um, Danny could do a job for him for a couple of years. I mean, okay, you're going to get rotated a bit, but you know, maybe it's good with his injury history that he's not playing so many games as he is for us now. I think if you're going to get rotated at any club, you're going to want to get rotated at a club that's playing twice weekly European football. Champions League, yeah. Like I'd say City, yeah. Liverpool, um, Leicester, Spurs. United. <laughs> United as well, yeah. I don't see it. I don't see it. I think it's Leicester. It's got to be Leicester to, to be able to fit it and make it work. I really do think it would be him. Uh, for them to for them to do it, I don't think it would be anybody else. I don't think Tottenham would be able to afford him, and I don't see City would be a fit, but I just don't see him not playing there. Tim, honestly, I can't see. I I could only see Danny Ings leaving Saints to go to a big big club, and I don't think Leicester are on his radar. I think he'd stay at Saints over over Leicester, especially now that the that Leicester are now losing to Brentford. Which is which is which, which is exactly why I think he's not going anywhere. <laughs> but I think if you were to go someplace and slot in and actually play, that's the place where he would go. It would, Everywhere it would, else, it would be, be a very very good team with him. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, Everywhere but, else. Uh, Every season that he's competing for that golden boot, it's up against Kane and Vardy. Um, <laughs> it still will be, and, yeah. And, and some Liverpool players, possibly. But, um, yeah, I don't see, you know, Kane and Vardy, fuck me, uh, Ings and Vardy, they can't both um, be big scoring in, in the same team. Why not? I, just, I, don't, I don't see it happening. Did... um. Did Man United not manage that with four strikers? York, Cole, Sheringham, Solskjaer. But, I mean, that's a different, completely different era. I mean, nobody plays with two centre-forwards like that, you know, I mean, outside of, what, Burnley or... <laughs> yeah, I think pretty sure Arsenal did it as well with Burkamp and Henri. I, I, Again, I, different era. I don't think that has a bearing, to be honest. I think whatever era you're playing in, if you're good and you're going to be challenging for that golden beat season in, season out, like Ings, Vardy, Kane are... If you're playing together, surely they can only complement each other. But not with, not with the way Leicester play. I mean, I just want, maybe I'm missing something. Um, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're not going to talk about Danny Ings anymore because I'm done with it, to be honest. I, I, it's all I've been getting for the last, well, couple of months. And let's not let's agree to not talk about Danny Ings until something happens, either a contract or or he moves. Done. Okay. Good. <laughs> Good. Um, moving on then. Wolves ha- have beaten Chorley 1-0 with an absolute bouter from Vitino. I don't know if you saw it, but... Uh, it was a, it was a stunner. 
Um, so we now know that we have Wolves in round five, and that will be at Molyneux. And the rest of our Premier League fixtures have been announced for February, uh, and they'll be made available for fans to watch as the coronavirus restrictions continue. Uh, we've had some fixture changes. Our trip to Old Trafford for the Carlanka Derby uh, on Tuesday, the 2nd of Feb, has been moved to an 8.15 kickoff and will be shown on BT Sport. Our home clash with Chelsea on Saturday, the 20th of Feb, will be moved to a 12.30 kickoff, also broadcasted on BT Sport. And Everton at Goodison has been switched on the 27th of Feb to Monday, the 1st of March at 8pm. That is on Monday Night Football Sky. Um, so our next set of fixtures will be, say, Tuesday, we've got Arsenal at home. Saturday, Aston Villa at home. Tuesday, the 2nd, Man United away. Saturday, the 6th, Newcastle away. Then Wednesday, the 10th, is that FA Cup 5th round with Wolves away. And then Saturday, the 16th, Wolves again. Uh, I think they'll move that one, though, right? Possibly, um, yeah. I'd probably imagine it would be on the Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking too. Um, yeah, no, 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 I'm, you know, I was just saying that, um, if we're playing Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, then, um, that Wednesday cup tie probably will mean that, um, we'll play Wolves again on the Sunday, not the Saturday, on Valentine's Day. Mm. Um, I did have something to say. Yeah, just, um, in the news over the last week, like, aside from the, uh, the Danny Ings, uh, news that we're not going to mention anymore, um, a deal that Saints struck up with uh, Asante Kotoko. Oh, yes, Ghana. yeah. They've become uh, Saints' first African international football partners. So I'd say in- interesting to, to see that kind of relationship that they're um, exporting the academies up and they'll be helping them uh, with some kind of financial advice and, you know, how to run a club effectively. Um, really positive response. The Ghanaians, and um, I've been noticing that we've been getting a lot more comments and likes from from Africa uh, as a result of this. So I think it's a good move. Yeah, yeah, very good move. As we learned last Saturday against Leicester, Will Smallbone he came off with an injury, um, and it's only this week that we discovered the severity of said injury. Uh, with the details and more is Tim with his injury report. So let's yeah, talking a little bit about. Uh, Will Smallbone. So he tore his ACL. There's no other known ligament damage or meniscus damage, which a clean tear of the ACL is actually much better than if you had any other type of LCL or PCL or significant meniscus damage. We haven't heard from that, but we'll see. Let's hope it's not going to be a further issue when it comes to beyond the actual ACL. Uh, the ACL is one of four ligaments that sits in the knee. It's his right knee. And the ACL sits in front of the uh, the PCL where there's the LCL and the uh, – I'm sorry. The ACL sits in front of the MCL, which the LCL and the PCL are on the outside. Uh, what it does is it obviously provides flexion and extension and support for the blood flow and supply through the knee. And in doing so, um, his, you know, has basically has taken out his mobility and movement alongside being able to plant and just in general be able to use that. So unfortunately, it requires a surgery in the U.S. It can be uh, for NFL teams. It can take up to nine months. Based on the cutting severity and the weight of the players, uh, we're looking at between six and seven months for a healthy surgery, meaning that there is nothing that goes through or, as I would call, the Sam McQueen effect, where something goes terribly wrong and you're out for a significant long period of time. 
Uh, in doing that, he'll have the surgery coming uh, where the ligament is taken from a cadaver. Uh, take They'll cut it out, replace it, and then he'll be in various stages of recovery period throughout uh, the next few months. Where at about the five month mark or so, maybe going into that six month mark is where he'll be able to have, uh, no more braces needed, no more anything else needed except for just the physical strengthening of the leg and getting it back up to a hundred percent. So do not expect him at all until potentially September at the, uh, is my guess for the earliest. So wish him all the best. There's a her- terrible injury. I think I alluded yeah. to it last week as well that based on the knock or where the placement was along with the effect of the plant, uh, it was bad. So wish you all the best and speedy recovery. Will. Yeah, that was all bad. Right. That was really, really bad. I feel sorry for, for the kid. Yeah. All right. Continuing okay. on, Vestergaard is ahead of schedule, but he's still not intended to come, return until at least February. So looking at, looking ahead, we've got a few matches. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the second week of February for his uh, release and coming back. Uh, Romeo has had a calf issue with a with a big calf strain. Uh, fortunately for us, Diallo has stepped up and played fantastically. So the him being out isn't as bad because we have that replacement there. Long, I wrote him on the injury list, but he's not actually injured. Uh, I think I just wanted to make sure that he is playing and he is on the field, whether or not he actually is there or not. Um, Redmond, uh, no further issues or no no information uh, further that uh, we've heard. So we're still looking at mid-February for him based on his muscular injury. Obafemi's surgery based on the muscle that was detached. Uh, we're looking at months, and so I don't expect him to see it at all this season. He should be good to go when it comes to next season and a lot of development and build-up uh, for the in the pregame and the off-season. Uh, Gineppo has the muscular problems, still no, nothing exactly known about that, but hopefully uh, for his last recoveries, it's only be, be, been between two and four weeks. So seeing that, that would come back around mid-February as well. And Tella, uh, has a muscular problem as well. Let's call it, hopefully it's not Gineppo-itis, where it's going to be a consistent thing <laughs> over time. And, uh, he'll be able to get back to, to full swing at that point. So, uh, that is the, uh, that is the report. Excellent, Tim. Thank you. Good work. Um, Kev, Tim, should we jump on the transfer roundabout? Let's jump on. Go. Okay. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Transfer roundabout. Um, Outs, I've heard an interesting one. Uh, Ryan Bertrand to Arsenal. They are said to be in the market for a left back as cover for Tierney. So, I don't know. Well, I'm not, I'm not convinced about that. I, I'm pretty sure that Ryan Bertrand's happy where he is. He doesn't really want to be going to Arsenal right about now. Um, Josh. Like Cedric. Exactly, yeah. We didn't yesterday. <laughs> um, Josh Sims is still on the roundabout. Uh, Doncaster and QPR still weighing up a permanent move. This one is looking very likely. I think this is going to happen. If not this window, it shall be in the summer. Uh, there are rumours about Ralph recalling Elianusi from Celtic to help ease with our injury situation, but that has since been rubbished. So if anyone's hoping for Elianusi to be back, you're not going to see him. Uh, and that is about it for the outs. Have you heard any interesting outs? Um, well, there we have. Uh, we do have an, a confirmed out. Um, 
Gillingham, they've made it's not Neil Shipley, is it? Um, <laughs> um, well, if you, he'll be in jail if he does. Um, <laughs> um, no, Gillingham, they've made Tyreek Magic Johnson's deal permanent. Uh, they haven't said for how long or how much, but um, yeah, he's not coming back. Yep. Uh, and Tim, you have one. Yeah, they're looking at Mario Lamina being able to cancel his loan and then go on a permanent to Genoa. Yep, I heard this one as well. I saw this in the week, actually. I forgot, so well done. Um, in well, so prepare I, for a new series of his uh, yeah. social media documents. To be honest, I'm just done with him now. I just don't want to be thinking about Mario Lamina for the rest of my life. Um, and I'm when still going to subscribe to him just because <laughs> it's so funny to observe. Um Inns, then. I've not heard of any inns, any fresh inns, anyway, that we haven't already mentioned. So I, I don't know if you guys have any up your sleeve. We could make one up, couldn't we? Mm, yeah, go on, then. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold online. Wow. He wouldn't get a start against KWP, though. <laughs> <laughs> Stick him on the left back. Yeah, we, cover we, on the bench. We know how much Tim loves when uh, Alexander-Arnold <laughs> has it as a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That was, a, he was, that was such a bad game. <laughs> He's world class and he played like shit. Yeah, he played like Kev. Right, yeah. okay. Shall we go into the Shrewsbury game then, chaps? Do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Okay, Shrewsbury Town, Tuesday night. Uh, our rescheduled third round FA Cup tie against the Shrews went comfortably as we saw off Shrewsbury Town 2 0. Uh, move to the fourth round, a first senior start and first senior goal for Dan and Lundaloo, followed by another piece of magic from Prousey, helped see our safe passage. And that all-important 11 for you. Forster, Valerie, Stevens, Bednarik, Vokings, Diallo, Ward-Prowse, Kegs, Chalke, Caleb Watts and Lundaloo and Long. The bench of Lewis, Armstrong, Yankovic, Ryan Finnegan, Alan Chapchet. Will Ferry, Bertrand, Adams, and Kyle Walker-Peters. Um, a, a solid D-line, I suppose. Some seasoned vets on the bench and some youth players getting their chance to shine. Uh, pleased with the selection, Kevin? Absolutely. I mean, this is pretty much the kind of squad that um, I predicted that we'd field with a lot of youngsters. Um, yeah, Byron Forster and Long and that central core, which I think was absolutely instrumental to our victory. Um, of Stevens and Bednarek mm. at the back and Diallo and Ward-Prowse in midfield. Just a wonderful performance from them. And, yeah, that leaves some space um, along the flanks and up front for for the kids. And, yeah, I mean, they're not really new faces, all of them, are they? I mean, Vokings and Valley we're kind of used to. Lindelou's been getting a bit of game time in the Premier League. But, um, yeah, Watson Chalky, mm. um, that was a little bit... Uh, what's that? It's their first outing, isn't it? Yeah. And that bench, we got who? Who's on there? Finnegan, Snapchat, Walker Peters, <laughs> yeah, uh, Jankovic, Wiel Jankovic, um, and uh, yeah, Will Ferry as well. Really, really interesting to take a look at them. And I was really excited about this match because just just getting to take a look at the youngsters making, well, getting their first chance to to prove themselves. I mean, yeah, you could watch the B team. But um, they haven't played in a while, have they? So, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I was delighted with the team. I, I thought Ralph had this bang on. I, I thought he managed yeah. them, them all very well. He made his usual late subs and 
you know, then we could head in, we could head into Arsenal without any fresh injury concerns. Uh, Tim, Ralph has been having a hard time lately trying to manage this squad with players dropping like flies, as you very well know. And the fixtures are piling up. Um, games are being rescheduled um, and, and still trying to strike a balance and give these players chances. So there was big opportunities for the likes of Caleb Watts and Kegs Chalke and, and Lindelou was expected to start and, and he saw 90 minutes. Uh, a crucial 90 minutes also for Jan Valerie. Uh, Ryan Finnegan came on for the dying embers and did and, and, and so did Jankovic. All in mm. all, this went exactly how we could have imagined it, right? This is what we would have hoped for. You got a, b- a bunch of rotation in, so you got the fullbacks with a break. You got Vulcans and Valerie, who we we don't really know. Obviously, I think that's the biggest uh, right now. That's the biggest item is who's going to back them up, and those are the natural slots in. So being able to play those two in their role, and for them to, while it's a League One team succeed in their role, which I'll be able to talk about here with Vulcans and Valerie here in a bit. Combine that with Chauke and Watts being able to, for two brand, you know, brand new to be able to start on those uh, attacking midfield wide positions. Uh, it's great to have that. Um, Nolindalu got his 90 minutes, which he's only been able to make a few small lasting impacts comparatively. And overall, very happy with how things could, obviously for this, for the win, but then how things turned out for the opportunities for all the team to have. Yeah. And Kev, I guess the only thing that we needed was a Shane Long goal. I really wanted just to, to silence the critics. Um, and, and, and Greg. Shane Long to... <laughs> and I wanted yeah. Greg to send us $200 each. Yeah, but that, that, that wasn't happening, was it? No, no. Um, I would say if I was going to kind of um, summarise the, the match before we kind of analyse it, that we made it, a, I think, a little bit more difficult for ourselves we sure than did, yeah. we could have or should have. Um, but in the end, Ralph looks like a, a genius because the balance was just perfectly right for experience and, and youth. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's why I was so delighted with the starting eleven. Uh, Kev, talk me through that that very cool and composed finish from Dan and Lindelou. Oh wow! I mean, it's I mean, it's just a brilliant opportunity for him. Um, it's a, a wonderful ball from Ward Prowse, just from the halfway line, and um, Caleb Watts he just facing away from goal, running back, and he just chests it down. And the defender gets it away, but not far. It just goes straight into the path of Lundaloo. And he just rolls the ball towards the, the far post, and, and it goes in. But at the same time, uh, the defenders and the keeper are half-heartedly appealing for a handball, which, I mean, it wasn't a handball, nowhere near his hand. So I think that might have made it a little bit easier for them. But, yeah, absolutely chuffed for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I was so happy for him. I mean, it gives me a warm feeling inside when anyone scores their first goal. But it, it's so much better when it's an academy graduate, isn't it? It just seems, yeah, you know, this this is working. This is this is fine. Uh, Tim, a good finish from the lad. Yeah, it was a good quick turn. Uh, he didn't, it wasn't hope, hopefully getting more power onto it, but he put, he, he had the correct placement and just skated right through one of the guy's, uh, legs. And with the quick turn and hit, uh, you'd like to see a little bit more power, like I said, but overall, uh, the per- placement was there and that's what you need sometimes more than just pure power. Yeah, absolutely. Accuracy. Yeah. I, I loved his reaction as well. Like he, he couldn't believe what was happening. He was just like, have I, have I just fucking scored? <laughs> <laughs> It's great. It's good. Um, Tim, the fine performances of the youngsters was evident. You know, Caleb Watts, I thought he looked very comfortable. 
but the elder statesmen like Diallo and well, I say elder statesmen, but like Diallo and Prousey, yeah, <laughs> they I thought they were wonderful throughout. Yeah, they using the term boss, they bossed that game around Diallo and Ward Prowse. They they were in complete control of from their mid, you know, in, when it comes to their midfield, being able to take make interceptions, plenty of interceptions on the day, being able to make dribbles. Diallo made that one through continual push dribble. It was like he rounded three players. It's just, it's just overall, they were the top, like they were great in that game. I thought so too. Uh, Kevin, it was very important that Ralph selected the best centre back pair and he could, um, and indeed in, in, in centre midfield, as you alluded to in, in, in the lineup, given us that strong centre, uh, because we didn't have it all our, our own way, did we? Shrewsbury made it a match. Yeah. <clears throat> I say, um, even when they're one nil down, they are quite happy to sit back, I mean, especially in that second half and, you know, Try and try and wear us down. They sat so deep, um, just trying to make it difficult for us to get that second goal. Because once that second goal goes in, they're fucked. Exactly. Um, yeah. And they would just hold out, and then I don't know, pray that something could happen that they could, you know, magic the ball into the into, into the box and get a penalty or something. I don't know what they were hoping for, but I mean, what they were doing at the time was was working and. I would say one by one criticism of the youngsters, maybe not all of them, but um, because you've got that central core um, that Drewsby are just not going to get through, um, or, you know, Prousey, Diallo and uh, centre-backs, the, the League One is, is a bit of a different league and, you know, they can get quite quite physical and, and, and pushy in a way that I don't think the B team has, has faced a team like that before. Yeah. So Very good point. There, quite, yeah. quite often outmaneuvered, um, but I mean that's got to be their strategy, isn't it? Oh, they've got a lot of youngsters. You can you can just push them around. Just bully them around, um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean they're just so much quicker that you know I think you can bully them off the ball, but they're going to get it back off you. Yeah, Tim, I, I'm I want to focus on the fullbacks here because we haven't seen a lot of Jan Valerie, and, and I mean Valerie played right I thought against Liverpool when he came on. Um, and Vokings, uh, both played 90 minutes, uh, both whipped in seven crosses apiece. Vokings, uh, he's perhaps out of favour with Ralph, isn't he? And news around for us looking for a loan deal for a left back isn't, it's not new news. Um, but how do you think they both shaped up? Because, you know, if they can't do it against League One opposition, then when can they do it? The pressure was on them for this one. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, the double V pair of our fullbacks. Uh, I want to talk about them because Vokins, while is from the academy, we haven't seen him except for last year's FA game, uh, FA Cup match where he did play against Huddersfield and hit a banger then. And we know Valerie hit that amazing one against Man United that short-sided De Gea. And I'm, I, I remember screaming so loud at that one. So seeing those uh, different moments throughout the game, uh, were certain triggers. Uh, what I was looking for was their positional movements and where they were at both on and off the ball. So Vokens, to me, seeing these through, he has a lot of progressive movement, and he was definitely shown in the beginning, and his positioning itself was very wide, extremely, extremely wide. You often saw him hanging along the line itself and also not afraid, afraid to playing uh, in the same role that Bertrand was, was where you, where you, you may be able to make the defensive play and defensive prowess for, is number one, but then being able to see if you see the line as the attacking midfielders have pushed in 
to be able to get going and get pushed up. So you saw that later on where there's a number of cross field passes that went directionally to, uh, to Vokens themselves. He's been able to find the play, uh, find the space. And there was a great time right about the middle. I don't have the timestamp, unfortunately, but it was in the Watts, uh, shot sequence where the, the uh, Vokens was able to have the, and find the space and put a low ball through with a good amount of, uh, while he had pressure on and then be able to find and pinpoint the spot where it was the Watts that ended up shooting the ball and, uh, close to being able to get scored. So in that same sequence, we saw <clears throat> Valerie and Valerie ultimately after leading in, he made the right uh, movement forward, but then he drifted in just a little slightly there. And that's something we've talked about with Valerie before is that he plays much more as a wing back. So my expectations, or at least thought process in there is he is then counting on either the midfielders to cover back for him, which uh, Ward Prowse and Diallo can definitely do, but also knowing that he's leaving that exposed, um, feeling that he, I feel like he just got caught out of position just that one time there, and that was the biggest noticeable time that I had. Um, other different things that I saw, uh, Vokens had a one-on-one ball that came from Jankowicz uh, in the box, but he had a real tough time handling it. I uh, just seen that it wasn't it's something like an academy player could have. I didn't expect him to be able to round uh, the center back at that time, and he just couldn't handle it. Uh, in that same sequence, though, we've seen Valerie make – or just around the same sequence, we've seen Valerie make some um, plays around and find the space. So uh, from Jankovic to Adams and then a Valerie ends up finding the space right at the end. The the only thing was that he didn't provide that extra finishing touch. So to me, uh, seeing all of this, I I feel pro- I have promise. I understand why Vokens may be a little bit slower and may not necessarily know exactly where to be at all points in time. But I feel pro- I feel that Vokens has a lot of great promise. Valerie, I think he has uh, the step forward, and he's, it looks fantastic with that step forward, meaning that he's not afraid to bomb, he's not afraid to go up, and he can he can find that positioning. But his defensive and his defensive role um, is not as a big of a priority. So this may not be new, uh, but seeing him, he is definitely a right wing back. And when we did play in a group of five. Uh, especially in that Man United game when we had a when we had a pairing, uh, he, he was in a uh, a back of five. That's what he's expecting, and I think he's getting he can has a potential to get to get caught up and drift too far in and too far forward just in case when he knows that he needs to play the full back role. Yeah, wasn't he like reinvented as a right winger for the Liverpool game? So what they did is they put him on because well. All of our wingers are basically out, but the idea was is that we wanted someone in that role who's not afraid to go forward, but sat back in the line farther. So he sat back in the effectively making the the middle the the line where if you think that you've got the defense, uh, you've got the fl- uh, the four in the back of the defense, you've got two two and two, where normally he would play the role as the is the middle two. He sat back and was a three, so it was almost like a four three one two at that point, uh, where we had a little bit of an extra presence uh, for Valerie itself. And to know that he can't go forward, but he does take that natural back step and not necessarily um, have the 
idea that he's going to be playing attack, 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 where he still has some defensive um, mindset. What do you guys, how would you rate his crosses into the box? Because I, I thought that they were horrific. They yeah, were not like, good. Not good. And, school of crossing. And Vokins too, actually, because he was on corners, but he was taken off of them. So, yeah. but then again, Vulcan's had, a, Vulcan's had a beautiful ball that went into Adams for the run for the run in to Adams where he didn't end up finishing. Yeah, he rounded two players and it was a fantastic cross. Now his other cross, his other crosses, the one that was successful was the one that was just uh, on the ground the entire time. But everything else, there wasn't a whole lot of true success at that point. I just think they just need a little bit of confidence, and they get that with 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 time. Um, he looked confident at the beginning. He took a shot like a few minutes in, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, he, and that's, I, that was very similar to the play where Bertrand had that shot in the last game against, um, mm. shoot, uh, was it, was it Liverpool? I forget, whatever game. Yeah, it was just a couple times ago. It was the same type of positioning where, uh, the, the left back found the space, went forward, and Bertrand just went and went for it. It's the same, is the same type, uh, yeah. t- same type of setup. Um, Actually, I think that was Leicester. Thank uh, you, Leicester. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Kev, um, James Ward-Prowse and Diallo was, was showing their class. And how about those other two in the midfield? We had um, Kex Chalke and, and Caleb Watts. What were your impressions of them two? Because, I mean, just looking at them, you compare the two on the eye test. Chalke looks nervous and he played like a yeah. 19-year-old being handed his first start, which is what you expect. But Watts... I mean, he's slightly older. He's almost exactly a year older. He's just turned 19. I thought he looked quite promising. Um, if he was nervous, he didn't show it. And he looked willing to have a go at defenders. And there were some nice touches there. No, yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, they're great to compare them at the same time on the pitch. Because, yeah, they're completely different in in builds and and the way they play. And in confidence. Yeah, I thought Kex was, uh, he was quite kind of raw and uh, it's a bit slow to get into the game but I mean Watts made himself useful straight away I mean that ball that he fed through for Vokin's shot and the the role he played in the goal as well really really smart play there absolutely yeah and um, yeah I mean he carried the ball well and like you said just really calm and confident you know, I mean, I would say after about an hour or so, he, he looked completely knackered. So he just run himself into the ground. And I was just begging for Ralph to take him off and um, give another player a chance. And before he got, gets taken off for uh, Jankovic, who, when he did come on, I mean, we all definitely was something special. And I would have liked to have seen more of him. And I'm not, not to say anything bad against Woods, but, you know, I think that he'd, he'd played his game by then. Um, Absolutely agree with you there. Yeah, you're right. Kegs. I mean, he kind of reminds me of Obafemi a bit. He's quite, he's quite beefy, you know, but um, yeah. he's much more athletic than than, than Obafemi. Um, did manage to get booked for a heavy challenge, um, which was completely unnecessary, but made me laugh. <laughs> um, and he had that that chance to score that never really materialised, thanks to Shane Long under hitting it. And to be honest, <laughs> I, I think even if he had hit it properly. Um, I think he was probably a little too tired to, to be able to get the run on it. But it would have been brilliant to see him one-on-one with the keeper just to see what he, he would do. But, but yeah, both of them, both of them impressed me. I think, um, you know, they, they should uh, both be included on the bench if these, you know, this injury spell continues. Yeah. And Jankovic, 
Yeah, Jankovic. I, I definitely want to see more of him. He looks I mean, good. he was only on the pitch for like five, six minutes, but um, definitely made him made his, his presence felt at a, a couple of shots on goal. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, w- I want to see more Jankovic and Watts now. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, as I say, we didn't have it all our own way. Uh, Shrewsbury made it a game, and, and well done to them for having a good go on the counters. Tried to do. Um, they kept it close. Um, they made sure they were still in the game right up to the 89th minute. And then Tim, James Michael Edward Ward-Prowse puts the ball down on the edge of the box. And the rest, they say, is history. Boner time. Yay! <laughs> he, he, this is fourth this, this season alone, 10th yeah. overall. You just can't stop it. You just can't stop it. You, you know don't gonna do that. Go, you know what's going to happen. You know it. It's, yeah. yeah, David De Gea couldn't stop it, and their goalie couldn't stop that. Yeah, he had one that was super close against it in the Arsenal. We'll talk about it in the Arsenal game too, which is very similar right towards the end of it. But overall, um, man, that's just—it's it, a weapon. It is such a unique weapon that no other team in the Premier League has. That to know that you have to fear anywhere, of, you know, or to get a foul outside of the box, outside of the 18. Generally think, okay, well, we can deal with it. You know, we don't want to get a foul. No, you really don't want to get a pre- get that out there. You want to you get. You don't want to give corners away either because they can hit the crossbar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my god, that was oh geez, that's that's another that's for the Arsenal game too. Yeah. But, so you, if you're gonna if they're gonna fall, you need to fall them in transition outside the box. You know, you want to be thirty yards because he he is finesse. He doesn't have the power, but it's all about the curve for him. So yeah. that's where he can dip it into wherever he needs to, but you have a better chance of holding that back off the second, off the second chance. But if he's got the, if he's within range of the first chance, there, you, you can't do it. Like it's a, what is it, like a 30% chance that he's going to score, which is obscene when it comes to a free kick. Yeah. He's a yeah. donor guy. That's what it's all about. <laughs> there's a free, free kick in a dangerous position. I mean, there's dangerous and there's dangerous. <laughs> good, Kevin. Good, good, good. Some stats then for you. Uh, 74% possession, 18 shots versus their six. Six on target versus their one. Uh, Ten corners to their one. All suggest a comfortable victory. But it wasn't quite as comfortable as we made it out. Um, man of the match then, guys. Ward Prowse. Yep. He just, he just dominated, ran around. Took care of everything, possession, moving, using control. It was his game. Amazing free kick, WordPress. Yep, I'm going to give it to Iron Man, to Captain Marvel. I'm going to see how many uh, uh, Marvel superheroes I can get into him. But yeah, another full 90 minutes, uh, dominating performance. Really showed his class, not just in terms against Shrewsbury, but with his teammates too, because he cleaned up quite a lot. Uh, him and Diallo were class as well, but I'll give the edge to Prowse because of that goal as well. And when it's that close, you need to give it to the individual piece of brilliance, and that trumps it for me. Although Bednarik was solid again, but James will pass for me. Mush? Um, yeah, I think they all had a, I mean, maybe not impeccable, but uh, close to performance. Yeah, I mean, uh, undisputably, that midfield duo, they just were the metronome for the entire game. I mean, it, it wouldn't have been possible without them. But um, seeing as you've both given it to uh, Prowsey, I'm going to give it to Dan. Uh, yeah, the other Dan in the team up front, Dan Lindelou, um, getting a goal on his first full first team debut. That's, it's a brilliant day. Nice. 
Okay then, so we'll go straight into the Arsenal game. Uh, Southampton have won just one of their last nine meetings against Arsenal in all competitions. That was a 3-2 win in the Premier League in December 2018. FA Cup meetings with Arsenal, not good either. Uh, four meetings, Arsenal winning all of them, and the last three times they've gone on to win the Cup. Uh, Arsenal, five straight clean sheets as well. Mikel Arteta was on the chopping block, but now you know, their form is, is, is a different story, and I never feel good when playing against them for some reason. Um, but we overcame them in the Cup for the first time with a 1-0 win, and we progressed to the fifth round. Gabriel tipping in Walker-Peters cross um, for the only goal of the game. Um, and the 11 then, Forster, Walker-Peters, Stevens, Bednarik, Bertrand, Armstrong, Walcott, Diallo, Ward-Prowse, Ings and Adams. A bench of Lewis, Valerie, Watts, Long, Vokings, Ramsey, Yankovitz and Lundelu and Chalke. Six changes from the win against Shrewsbury. Forster, Stevens, Bednarik, Prousey and Diallo all retain their places. Kev, Ralph selecting his strongest available side. And I got the impression that you were very happy with this. Well, yeah, injury crisis. What injury crisis? Um, <laughs> you look at that team and think that, yeah, perfect. There's not much you can do to improve that. Um, and then you look at Arsenal's team and think, oh, OK, yeah. Cedric Suarez, Martinelli and various other, you know, second line players. Pep? 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 <laughs> um, Pep's former bitch, Mikel Arteta. Um, yeah, he's not taking this uh, very seriously. Well, he can't now. <laughs> and look at his, I, I looked at his bench and I, I took a double take. Like, I don't know, maybe I've got the wrong source or something, but he's got two goalkeepers on the bench and one forward. Two really? Goalkeepers, I didn't know. Matt, Matt Ryan and Runison on the no. bench. And Alexander Lacazette is the only player that could, you know... The, the only real goal scorer out of, the, out of that lot. I think he did have um, Aubameyang, but he had to go away in an emergency, didn't he? For a few ah, OK. Had to return home. But um, I didn't realise they had two keepers on. Surely they could have found somebody else that can do a job from their academy. It's Arsenal, after all. Hitman or something? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tim, what we've learned from this selection is that Ralph wants a cup run. He wants to take this seriously, um, which bodes well for Wolves. Absolutely. So... Not only so he, in the games that he's played, uh, Shrewsbury Town, Huddersfield, they had the rotation pieces in there where they had Vokins and Smallbone, where they got their first two goals last year against Huddersfield, and then they had the play, you know, then they had the Tottenham game, then the replay, and the rotation wasn't, you know, there they didn't rotate anyways, and also when we he when we played against um, Portsmouth, um, sorry, I guess pushups, yeah. <laughs> So for you know four oh there was no rotation whatsoever. He played a top lineup, and you know that was like that's he knows that he's gonna put the field the team on the field that is gonna play to the competition level. So with Shrewsbury, it was appropriate to rotate, uh, and then with this game, it's it's appropriate to play the exact team that he played because we also feel that Forster is extremely competent, and we want to give him the note and let him know that this is you know the FA Cup is him. Like, he didn't give him the chance. And he's, 
it's it's crazy to say, but we have two competent goalkeepers. Now, if we lost McCarthy for whatever reason, I think Forster would just slot in just fine. It may not be as good as McCarthy in some cases, but overall, super happy. He went for it. He said, screw you. We're going to make it work, and this is what's going to happen. Absolutely, yeah. Three, three clean sheets, though. Mm. All the, all his games this year are clean sheets. Yep. Every game, he, he hasn't let a goal in. Yeah, indeed. And one of them was against Liverpool. So, yeah. Uh, Kev, good good first half. Arsenal stepped it up a notch in the second, as we know. Sustained mm. pressure. Uh, perhaps some tiredness creeping in just after the hour, but that's got to be expected. But job done. Welcome victory. And we march on to the fifth. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, extra time. <laughs> um, yeah, I couldn't have summarised it better myself. I mean, yeah, the uh, Arsenal, they, they, I think they were quite tough for the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes. But I mean, going back and forth. But that, when once that goal went in, we just, you know, changed to a more rigid shape, trying to hold them back. And they just completely took the wind out of their sails. They didn't really know what to do at all and have any ideas and um, I mean fuck me Bednarik like what a performance from him like straight from the outset I think that 1-0 scoreline it rests solely at his feet um, without him yeah we, we would have almost certainly conceded um, but yeah I mean it's good to see that um, when there's uh, good good cover and support uh, so, you know, one fullback getting forwards, um, that there's always adequate cover there. Um, Forster, I mean, that first half barely tested at all. I mean, didn't really have to do much. Nope. Um, great crosses in from, uh, Carl Walker Peters, much, much better than, or you compare that to, to Valerie's efforts. I mean, just unbelievable crosses. Yeah, those are the world class, uh, crosses that Cedric dreams of. <laughs> um, I mean, you, uh, yeah. Just look at. I mean, he's a, he's a fucking joker, isn't he? Um, he just just wasted it. I mean, plaster it to the corner flank. Or I mean, I don't know. He, is he going through a certain catalogue of fuck ups? I don't know. He was offside. How does he get though. into that team? Yeah, still. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he knew it. Like, no, he didn't. Know. He says he did. No, he didn't know. Um, but yes, there's a plan in the final third, and Arsenal didn't. Yes, yes. Um, Tim, the goal, I mean, it, it started from our press. Arsenal being Arsenal, you know, bringing the ball up and only to be swarmed by Diallo and Armstrong. The ball goes out wide to Walker-Peters, and he hits a low, hard shot cross. It was a cross, wasn't it? Um, into the danger area, and um, Gabriel gave it the touch that it needed. Sums it right up right there. Uh, lucky or unlucky, depending on the way that way you look at it. So uh, Leno had a great dive to the right, but the, the the touch that Gabrielle hit put it right underneath his right armpit. It was a beauty, wasn't and, it? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was great. And so the the cross in this case, because the sh- it was not a shot because it was not on goal, um, which is why it led to the own goal. And the touch was unlucky, and Gabrielle has had two shit games against us. One, he got a red card, and now he got an own goal. Things you love to see. Yeah, yeah. keep coming. Yeah. That, uh, and playing, that and playing Cedric at, uh, at, out of position as well. That's always yeah. a good one. Always helps. Um, Kevin, Arsenal had to change it up. Uh, they made some positive changes, didn't they? When, when, they brought Saka on, they brought Lacazette on. When, when Saka came on, I felt they controlled the game in terms of possession. Um, Frey's 
wasn't tested until around that point, wasn't it? Around the 60th, 70th minute mark. But we were facing a more potent Arsenal attack. And I felt that Ralph needed to do something. Yeah. I mean, it's again, that, that frustration, right? You're like, get the bloody subs on! Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, because those... those um, they, t- they took Cedric off, subs. didn't they? They took Cedric off for uh, Lacazette. Is that right? Was it Cedric that come off? No, they took Be- they took Bellerin Sorry, off. Sorry, Bellerin. Yeah, Bellerin went off, didn't he? And um, then Cedric went went to right back, and they had to put Saka or or Xhaka back at mm. left back, but they put Lacazette up, didn't they? So yeah, this is that you know they they were they were going for. It. I think they realised then that shit, you know, we need we need to do something, and that had me going, Kev, because I thought Ralph needs to. Well, he needs to bring Valerie on or something. We need to bring another defender on. Um, I don't know about another defender, but just in, injecting some some life back into the the game. Uh, I don't know how you can do that, Shane Long. No, I mean <laughs> those, those youngsters. Um, uh, they can cause cause a few problems, but yeah, I mean they they were really giving it to us, and we've seen this in in quite a few games. Um, Liverpool game that we saw out one nil, um, City game from last season. That we can protect these leads when they just barrage us with um, with crosses into the box. Uh, but I mean, there's only so long you can keep that up. But towards the end of that second half, I mean, we just managed to you know run down the clock, kill the game. Um, Bertrand with his usual shithousery and actually getting possession of the ball and you know taking it into our own hands, maybe even going for that second goal. Um, I think, yeah, just just keeping that possession in the last few minutes, um, I wasn't worried at all. Oh, oh I was. Uh, Tim, yeah. we, we, we hung on, right? Uh, n- nothing much to shout about in that second half. It, it was all about negating them, taking our chances on the counter, but never quite worked out for us. I felt it was one of those times that you wouldn't have been surprised if we had put the game to bed with a second or if Arsenal had equalised. Yeah, it could have gone either way. Uh, especially they were holding possession and their possession was even higher in the second half uh, than it was in the first half. So seeing uh, it was ended up being 62-38 30, uh, at that point uh, overall, um, seeing those touches and seeing that they had Saka who could move forward a little bit better, uh, Cedric who can cross the ball it doesn't matter if it's going to be successful and we know all about uh we all know all about uh, arsenal wanting to cross the ball all the time and then seeing that they they went for it and they had a, they were more on the front foot for us we played a little bit we played a little bit back for uh we definitely felt that there was um a, a lull there we we pretty much which looked i wouldn't say dark but we looked very out of wind at that point mm. uh, tired going in prior in that 60 minute mark and that's unfortunate because i we've seen that for multiple games now we're in the 60 minute mark we've just been tired and been able to break it down the austin villa game for example uh obviously with ings getting hurt and then things just completely breaking down but other games too where our front foot or high press has been great but then it dies off in the last 30 and it's going to come to back to bite us in the tail at some point you know, you're going to have Benaric having a worldie, but once again, you could end up having Stevens. Um, you know, you could have Stevens let one through, and then, and like, like I said, the Leicester game where we just died off in that last uh, last few minutes there. So overall, uh, it was a little bit wary. I was kind of scared, but then again, you know, I, I they were playing consistently enough to know that 
they could they could have hold, held it out, and I was okay with that. Um, and Kevin, I, I want to discuss Fraser Forster with you because Ralph has said that he's our cupkeeper. Um, mm. But since his return, you know, three straight shutouts, Liverpool, Shrewsbury, Arsenal, as you, as you said, what more can we ask for him? Um, and another good performance from him yesterday. He, I mean, he played the entire first half of his feet, didn't he? And I suppose you could say that Bednarek has been the perfect shield for him. But when he's called upon, he's been all we've needed. And do you have any doubts that Maka will return for Tuesday? None at all. No. But you're, I mean, Tim said that we've got two competent keepers, but you're... You, we do. It's, it's, it's a perfect situation, right? As long as, as long as Fraser's is happy with this situation. Yeah, I mean, like any club challenging for the Champions League, you need uh, a solid reserve keeper. And yeah, Forster uh, hasn't lost it. He's, you know, hopefully back to his wonderful best from all those seasons ago. How was it? Five seasons ago now. Yeah, but yes. I think with yeah. I think with Foster, it's he got his confidence back up and played really well in, against in Celtic. My one of my uh, friends and her dad is a big Celtic fan. Followed along, was really unhappy, was hoping to push for a sale, and I was too because I think he was doing well and for not only his professional career but for his mental health and then also the finances of Southampton. It's, it would have been better for him just to go, but he wanted to come back and he wanted to play and he knew that he was going to be a backup coming back, but he's going to have the chance to fight and take and take the opportunity to be a Premier League goalkeeper again. And he had the chance when McCarthy got COVID and it worked out well for him. And then he's got a chance to play in the FA Cup games, which is great. And he's going to continually play. And so to me, McCarthy is our number one and Foster's a competent number two. And I'm happy with that. And it's great to have that we know we have depth. Yep. I'm happy with that. I mean, I will say one thing. I, when he come into that Liverpool game with McCarthy being sidelined with COVID, he did look pretty nervous. You say about confidence. I mean, he's going to be a little bit, you know, nervous coming back against Liverpool and in your first game. I thought his footwork looked a bit off but Mm -hmm. since then Shrewsbury perfect game for him to play in perfect nice little uh, clean sheet against them and then you know put him into the fray on you know lunchtime against Arsenal national TV another shout out yeah this is going to do him the world of good Um, some stats for the game then way way down on possession as you already said Tim 38% uh, proof that we really did Decline massively in that second half. So I'm not too sure what we had on the first. Although, you know, even on shots at 11, both two on target. Uh, but there's lots more advanced stats that show just how under the cosh we were. You know, touches, passes, crosses, all down. But with these stats, Kevin, were we lucky to come away with the win? No, I think it's, it's a hard, hard for win, I think. Um, I'd say fair, fair play to Fraser Forster and the defence for... Keeping that one 0 scoreline, it was fragile. <clears throat> Sorry, it was was a bit fragile between about the you know the hour mark when when those I mean world class substitutes came on um, up until about five minutes from time, but they saw it out and yeah that that hard work I don't think is you know you make your you make your own luck. Um, Arsenal didn't have enough good chances to equalise. So, fuck him. <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Uh, man of the match, then. Um, I'll give it to Bednarik. I mean, a, a close game like this, I think it was essential that someone had stepped up. And once again, he led in blocks, tackles, interceptions, and just put in a monster performance. He was there to clean up 
whenever Stevens was wasn't. Um, yeah, and again, good. Bednarik for me. Kevin? Yeah, com- completely agree. He was just a complete universal soldier in that match. And Tim? The Ralph Express is coming along here just shortly. But uh, also, quick shout-out to all my Arsenal friends who are going to be listening to this game that I made them watch it. So I'm really happy that you get to hear of us talking about us winning and not South- and not Arsenal winning. So here it comes. Woohoo! All aboard. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're going with Jan Benarek. He just balled out today. It was absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Couldn't he didn't put a wrong foot forward. He looked so good out there, confident uh, on top of things. Um, he basically made Nicolas Pepe and William non-existent. Although that's not really that hard for William. Um, <laughs> but overall, uh, Nikedia, William. Martinelli didn't have didn't have a full sixty minute uh, full ninety minutes to do it, but overall um, he just dominated. He he bossed it and he won it, and it was thanks to him. Uh, great job, Bednar. Yeah. House uh, unanimous. I mean, I would say as well, like Stevens, uh, he wasn't shit, but he was shaky at points. But Bednarik was always there covering his ass. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, right, okay then. So we are head on to Arsenal then on Tuesday. I guess, you know, so it's Tuesday the 26th, 8.15 kickoff, and that's live on BT Sports. I guess we know everything about Arsenal by now, you know, what to expect in terms of attacking threats, um, indeed their likely lineup. Um, but our lineup, Kevin, I mean, I expect it to be the same as on Saturday, with the exception of Maka coming back in, and of course, Ryan Bertrand is suspended. But um, as mentioned, Ralph said that he'll stick with Fraser as our cupkeeper. No reason to doubt that decision um, with his current shout-out streak. But, yeah, what do you think about the 11? Do you think it's going to be pretty pretty similar to what we saw in the cup? Yes. If it ain't broke, don't, don't fix it. I mean, Arsenal are probably going to have to try something a little different, like, you know, fielding a full-strength team, for example. Um, but, yeah, but those, I mean, it's a bit problematic with Bertrand at left-back. He was, he was brilliant yesterday. Um, but yeah, Maka coming in doesn't really change much. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, just do the same thing. I mean, hopefully Ings is going to get a bit stronger with each coming match, so maybe he can get a couple of goals. Yes, yeah, I was, I wasn't expecting Ings to play like you know, 85 minutes that he did Not yesterday. All, but, um, I thought he was going to yeah. come off and be rested and, and, and then go, have a go again on Tuesday, but that, 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 that did surprise me, but, Tim, Ralph has also said that our injured players are close to return, but not quite close enough for Arsenal. No, we're not expecting anybody to come in until February. So on Tuesday, the McCarthy's going to come back in, but the question is, what's the left back position going to be like? Is he going to slot Vokens in? Or remember the last time what happened was, is but we don't have Vestergaard. So it, it, yeah. it was Stevens at left back, Vestergaard, and Benarek played. So you had three center backs with uh, being able to play out there. We don't have that luxury anymore. We don't uh, have any I, center backs. <laughs> we, well, you have King Ramsey, which he didn't even get, you know, he didn't get sniff in either the, uh, against the Shrewsbury game, which maybe could have been good, but either way, um, point being is what, what do we do? I think that um, there's, there's no other way to do it outside of changing the formation to be able to get somebody else in that, in that role. So I am thinking there's, well, actually there's two things that they could do. One is slot Vulcans in or push Walker Peters over to left back and throw Valerie at right back. Um, 
Yeah, or yeah, you could do. Well, yeah, I thought about that, but we don't want to. We don't want to take him out of his role because we don't have Romeo, though. Mm. So you know, you don't. If you had Romeo, that might be a consideration. It's all right. So, I mean, I, I figured this out. I, I know what he's going to do. I think once Man United have, have knocked Liverpool out of the cup, uh, Solskjaer is going to get on the on the conference call to Ralph, and they're going to finalize a deal for Brandon Williams, and he is going to start on Tuesday. There we go. That's too quick to get. That's too quick. It's going to be done. Trust me. Believe. All right. You I'll take it. it. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, apart from the, the stupid predictions, what about the score predictions then? Um, I think it's me. It's normally going the same to, thing for me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I've got, I've got, I think it's me to go first. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. I, I mean, I, I actually predicted Saints to get beat in the cup because I, I don't. I never like playing Arsenal. But because, you know, I'm buoyed by the win. You know, we've got a, the best team that we could possibly have. The only issue is that left back, but I think we can hold them off. And I, I, yeah, I, I'm going to say one-one. Kevin, you're next. Okay, um, I get a second chance to reuse my previous prediction uh, of one-nil Arsenal win, and it worked perfectly last time as uh, Saints won one-nil. So um, yeah, let's hope that that history repeats itself. Wait, so you're going one-nil Arsenal? One new Arsenal. Okay. And Tim? Uh, it's going to be 2-2, two, two, Ty. Oh, Desmond. Mm-hmm. Nobody going for a Saints win. Uh, wife's, my, my wife, Gemma. She's going 2-0 Saints. There you go, Kev. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, change what, Yeah, and what about Mar- uh, Marina? What's she going to go? Go for a one draw. Ah, same as me. Okay, uh, and Abby? 2-1 Saints win against Arsenal. Mmm. Right. Sorry. Sorry, Andy True. He's one of my friends. Okay. <laughs> um, right, okay then. So, next Saturday, Aston Villa at home. Saturday the 30th, 8pm kickoff, and that is on Sky. Uh, yeah, guys, the fixtures are coming thick and fast now, as we know. Two games next week, the second of which is Aston Villa at St. Mary's. Tough prospect now, I think, because they, you know, they're taking care of business in the games that they, well, they should be expected to. They had a big win last night against Newcastle. They've moved up to eighth in the table, same points as us i've uh, been a surprise package i think this year considering they scraped through last season uh ollie watkins scored ending his run um three-headed goals for him this year um only calvert lewin has more that could be a problem if you've got no height in the middle uh Traore scored four in his last six as well Grealish is looking influential as always um, i think they're going to be a handful um, but the game in November, we, we cruised to a 4 0 lead at Villa Park, um, and then we, yeah. you know, we slumped back. Almost fucked it up. And, yeah, <laughs> close 4 3. But yeah, what can we expect this time, Kevin? Um, not that, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, please, not that. I mean, kind of more of the same. I'm expecting some goals, but yeah, not that many, not, not seven goals. But um, yeah, I just, I really want Shay to start scoring again. It's, it's been a bit too long. So if he's not going to score against us, then he better score against Villa. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they went through a, a bit of a, a, a dry spell, I suppose you could call it. Um, they had a brilliant, brilliant start to the season. People were talking about them as contenders for the Champions League. Well, they're not now, are they? Um, and, yeah, we're pretty much in the same position. They, I mean, the, the signings they made fantastic. It's completely changed the team. But, um, yeah, I'd be worried about this one. But I'm... I've got a feeling that we'll we'll win it again. Okay, and and Tim, what do you feel? Austin Villa has done a fantastic job 
and being able to prop the team up, I think they were going to get relegated if COVID didn't happen. I think they would have been definitely gone back down. But fortunately, they were able to come about from it, make make it through in the last uh, skin, the last day, the skin of their teeth, and they've invested well into healthy players. Traore and Watkins have been fantastic up, up top and on the wing. And from there, uh, just seeing what they've been able to do, Matty Cash is also playing well. Target stepped up and has played well for the team. Uh, I mean, they are they're at our level. You know, they're, they have full capabilities of going and pushing any team to the brink. Like for, they beat seven, they beat Liverpool seven two. Um, they're, they're just doing well, rocking, they're rocking on and having a, having a good time, especially with the spanking of, uh, Newcastle recently, yesterday. Yeah, played, played very well in that game actually. Um, looked in complete control. Um, predictions then. Tim, you can go first. Oh, we're gonna, we are going to tie them uh, 1-1. Okay, Kevin? Uh, I think we're going to win 2-1. Okay, I've got that exactly to Kevin. 2-1 Saints. Um, shall I change it? No, I'm going to stick with it. 2-1 Saints. I'm going with my gut. Um, Gemma is going for a nil-nil. What does Abby go? Uh, she is going 2-1 Villa win. Really? Ooh, not a very popular one. Okay. 3-1 Saints. Fucking hell. That's <laughs> what <laughs> Who's going to score these phantom goals? Aims <laughs> uh, with a brace and Shane Adams. Shane Long's going to get a trick. That's what it is. Okay, uh, Tim. Thanks very much again for your time. I appreciate it as well. Thank you so much for being you know, let me on this and uh, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Yes, and we look forward to another busy week with two more games next week to go with you. So yeah, take it easy, Tim. Yeah. Bye, no. Good luck moving. All right. Take care. All right. Bye, mate. Hi, I'm Matt Letitiae, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay then, Kevin, extra time. Let's start with the predictions uh, for Shrewsbury first. Um, I went 3-0, you went 2-0, and Tim went 2-1. So two for me and Tim, and a maximum five for you, leaving the scores at that point. I think it is, yeah. Leaving the scores at this point, well, at that point, rather, 32 to me, 21 to Tim, and 17 to you. You're creeping up, Kevin. Uh, the Arsenal game, we all went Arsenal wins, so uh, no points, and the scores remain the same. Uh, wife Wars, then. Uh, Shrewsbury, Gemma and Marina were going with 3-0, so they get two points each, and Abby went 2-0. So the max for her, leaving the scores 13 to Gemma, 11 to Marina and 9 to Abby. How close is that? Uh, but then yeah. Arsenal. Gemma went 2-0 Arsenal. Marina went 2-1 Saints. And Abby went 1-1. So two points to, to Marina. Uh, leaving the scores 13 for Gemma, 13 for Marina and 9 to Abby. So yeah, still very, very close. Um, Super 6 then. Round 28, we had a two-way tie with Adrian Roche and John Sakine with 11 points. But round 29 yesterday, can you believe it? We had a seven-way tie. How's that possible? Well, seven people got the same amount of points. Oh, that would explain that, yeah. Uh, Yeah, uh, Michael Etheridge, Laura Maratzing, Kevin Byrne, Bradley Lloyd, Jason Lewis, Terry Lubbock and Russ Sayers all finished on 11. Uh, Leaving the overall now, Tom Hennigan, still. (laughs) 
236 points. Uh, Kevin, fantasy football and double game week. Yeah, it's the time of the season that every fantasy Premier League manager looks forward to and oh, then regrets it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. You, um, beat, you beat yeah. me this week. You got did 96. I, I you, got, I you got 96. I got 94. Ooh, okay. I'll take that because I mean I've been having a shitter of a season. So I've been um, kicking your ass every yeah. week. I think. Pretty much, yeah. I'm languishing at the bottom of the table, um, still above Ben Stanfield, but I'm sure you won't mind me saying that doesn't mean much. Um, <laughs> yeah, Matt Marks going absolutely. Oh yeah, it's all over us. Um, I see that. 119. He used his bench boost. Yeah, it's a smart move, but um, my team was so full of shit I had to use my uh, free head. Yeah, I did. I use my and free deal head. with the consequences afterwards. Ah, he went the Bruyne captain. Okay. Yeah, it didn't really work out as well for him. Um, I was convinced that I'd put De Bruyne as captain. I was really annoyed when it turned out that it was Bruno Fernandes. They scored the same amount of points. Mm. But yeah, Tiel- Tielemans and uh, Diaz are doing quite well for me. Yeah, I'm looking all right, I think, in the league. I've um, jumped up to 64th. <laughs> that's all right, is it? <laughs> I, I think that's quite good going for me, yeah. There's some, how many? There's 101 people in our league now, so mid-table, you could say, uh, stretch. Yeah. We've got a new leader at the top of our league, uh, Bobby Brown with his <laughs> Magic Saints. Um, the, the Bobby Pips. Brown. I mean, I don't know. Is he still alive? Yes. Did we have this conversation? Yes, this I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit of deja vu. Yeah. Um, are we playing Arsenal tomorrow? No. no. Um, <laughs> yeah, then Dan Bucks, absolutely fabregas, and uh, Laura Moratzing's taking the tiss. Uh, they both uh, jumped ahead of Lucy Heiner and Southampton Deliveries Mitrovic. Uh, so, yeah. At least they're all Saints fans at the top of our league now. Yeah, Pookie down the sixth, White Rose down the seventh. Yeah, um, yeah, good, good, good. I've just, by the way, I just want to say Alex Haas's team. Have you seen it? He's changed the team name. Ooh, I think it's really clever. He's down in fifty sixth place. If you if you want to check that. Oh yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah, Haas and Pookie. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's good. Well done, Alex. If you're if you're listening. Okay, Russian phrase, Kevin. Okay, so um, yeah, the Russian for the kids are right. I'm going to say is ребята uh, в Oh my god. Rubiata for Paratki. Paratkia. Paratkia. Yeah, like, um, Pariatik is order. Rubiata for Pariatka. Yeah, if I ask you, like, how are you, you can say, Pariatka. Kagdila. For Pariatka. Yeah. Okay, and that means the kids are all right. Yes. Good. Kevin, next week we have Arsenal and Aston Villa, uh, and we'll preview the Karlanka derby. And the Newcastle games, yes? Yeah, I'm expecting 12 points from those. <laughs> okay, um, over to you, Franny. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. You are the weakest link. Now fuck off. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.